When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Eye on Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here at Gillette Stadium with Mark Daniels and Karen Garigian, where it's a historic day in Foxborough because after 24 seasons, Bill Belichick is out as head coach. He and Robert Kraft announced a mutual parting of ways. They did a press conference today at noon, and we're kind of into uncharted waters here. Karen, what do you make of this? Well, I think um, it was a move that ultimately had to be made, uh, as odd as that sounds, with a six-time Super Bowl-winning head coach. Um, But clearly, things weren't working the past three or four years post-Tom Brady. And while I'm a firm believer that Bill Belichick can still coach um, what's happened in terms of him picking the groceries and, and, and putting the personnel on the field is, is where it's all in my view gone wrong. And as uh, Robert talked about, it was hard for him to take away his power in that role so it was best to just cut ties and move on. Yeah, to peel back the curtain a little bit. So at noon on Thursday, Robert and Bill both had, uh, it was I'd call it a brief press conference where they both made statements. Robert seemed to be reading his. Bill did his off the cuff. They didn't take any questions. And that was that. And then Robert came back two hours later to the same auditorium to answer some questions. And in the first press conference, he had called Bill the greatest coach of all time, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And all that is true. But then he was asked in the second press conference, well, why are you moving on from him? And he his answer was simple. It was the last three or four seasons. It just hasn't been good enough. And both of those things can be true. Mark, what do you make of this? I think it's uh, I think it's interesting how it all went down. Um, Robert and Bill met on Monday for the first time. Um, it sounds to me like they took a day to sort of think it over on Tuesday before meeting again yesterday, which was Wednesday, where they ultimately decided that the best thing to do was for both of them to part ways. I'll say this, the people I talk to in the building have, have been in the dark. Um, I, I talked to one person who works in the front office and basically said that they were, you know, they were sort of setting themselves up for either either way, right? Either Bill leaves and they keep the same jobs or Bill's gone and it creates uncertainty. But from what I was told, Bill Belichick was in the building on Wednesday, saw Patriot employees and said nothing about him leaving. In fact, people inside the building didn't find out the news until we all did when it was broken by the NFL Network and and ESPN on Thursday morning. I have to be honest, guys, I don't love that. I think the communication could have been better. It's it's probably really hard for some of these coaches, especially to wake up in the morning to find out, oh, wow, I might be out of a job now. So think of it from like the human element. That's I think that that kind of stings. But also, that's not something we've dealt with, you know, ever here over the last, you know, whatever it is, 24 years. But Mm -hmm. now it just it sets up this this offseason that as Chris said, we're in uncharted territory and, you know, all bets are sort of off. Although I think we may have a similar idea where this could ultimately go. 
I agree. And Bill's handling of it in the building yesterday, um, you know, it, it's very Bill where they've wanted this, you know, call it like the amicable parting of ways and everything. He played it so close to the vest that he's not even telling his own guys and because he doesn't want it to be leaked. You know, I, I think he's Bill to the very end here. But moving forward, Robert Kraft was also asked, he only wanted to take Bill questions in the second press conference, but somebody snuck one in at the end about what he's looking for in the next head coach. And his answer was simple. Somebody to win and get them, or something to get them back in the playoffs and win when they're there, which it's pretty loose criteria. Yeah, it sure is because it it's two-pronged. I mean, we had the one-headed monster of Bill who was both the, the person who coached laid out the X's and O's and, and led a team, but he was also the guy who was giving himself <laughs> the players and personnel and the talent to go out and, and win and bring the Patriots back to glory. So it'll be interesting to see if Robert keeps with a, you know, one person in control type of thing, or if he splits the duties. And I think that's going to be really interesting going forward. And Karen, I think that's that's probably the next domino to fall, right? And and I get that everyone's really focused on who replaces Bill Belichick because he's probably the greatest head coach in NFL history. But to me, the question is, do they hire a general manager first, right? Because nowadays, um, most NFL teams are structured with a guy at the top, you know, the GM, and who works, you know, congruently with the head coach. Here, it's been so different that we've been used to Bill working with guys in his front office. But really, Bill has had five final say in everything. I mean, I've heard stories about Bill nixing deals and drafting guys, mm -hmm. the other scouts liked in the draft because, you know, he preferred something different. So the question now to me is, does Robert go out? Like, I know we've all been talking about, hey, Gerard Mayo or Mike Vrabel. But my question is, if those are the guys, who works with them? Who picks the groceries? Well, and who comes first? Does Robert hire a general manager first and then he gets to pick the coach right. or like who's picking the coach? Who's picking the general manager? So all of these things sort of have to sort themselves out. But what I do think is important is that whoever the general manager is, whoever the head coach is, they need to have similar vision and they need to, their ideas kind of need to coincide because it doesn't, it does them no good if they're like polar opposites and don't believe in the same type of things. Right. And I, I think at this point, Robert's 82 years old and definitely doesn't want to referee those fights between a coach and a GM where they're both, you know, going up the back stairs to vent to him. I, I just don't think that's something he wants to do, which kind of brings us to something that Kraft alluded to today. And that's that he didn't think Bill Belichick could work if they took his personnel control away, which Bill on Monday with us basically said, oh, I'd be open to whatever we decide in terms of coming back as a coach and not a GM. And Kraft was like, no, that wouldn't have worked. Do you share that view that it, it just wouldn't have worked that way? I I agree with that. But I also don't think Bill was like he was coyly. He was kind of coyly letting us think that he was going to go along and cede some power. But that's not really what he said. You know, he, right. he said, you know, he works with people, they collaborate, but ultimately it's all to help him with the final say. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, uh, I was going to say, Karen, Kraft actually, I thought he made a really good point when talking about why he didn't want Bill to be in that position. And it was something 
talking about accountability. But then he goes, quote, it's going to set up confusion and quote, well, it was his pick and it was a bad pick or quote, he didn't play him right. It just wouldn't work in my opinion, which instantly brought me back to the hiring process. If, mm-hmm. if setting up confusion with, you know, with someone trying to work with Bill, he really has to nail this. Like he really has to nail, you know, the GM head coach thing. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, oh, you, you have to get the head coach right. Yeah. But the problem, right. N- hasn't necessarily been coaching in New England. It's been drafting. It's been the way Bill built the roster. So for me, it's just so fascinating to see what goes on from here. Do they stay in house with someone like Elliot Wolf? Do they go outside with someone like, you know, Adam Peters or the assistant GM from the Chiefs, Mike Borgazzi? Like there are just... Just interesting. Or do they go take a blast from the past and bring Scott Pioli back? I mean, <laughs> he had success. He was on the, the first dynastic run uh, with Belichick. Uh, so, yeah, it, it it's going to be interesting. Is it someone, again, who the head coach knows? Or are they going to have to shake hands and introduce themselves yeah. <laughs> going forward? And. It's also interesting with Mike Vrabel entering the equation now as somebody who I don't think they expected to be available and is, but in reading Diana Rossini's report about what went wrong in Tennessee this morning, one of the things that was cited was that he wanted final say on the roster and they didn't want to give him final say. And in listening to Craft Today, I don't think he's really keen to bring someone in that has final say on both is like essentially in the bill role again. He even said today that Bill didn't have the full bill role until after the third Super Bowl. Mm. So how do you think Vrabel would fit? if he came in here? Well, I think he, he would do a lot of things positively in terms of, you know, he's a believable successor. I mean, he has some cachet. He's coached in the league. He's played in the league. Um, and I and I think if you're trying to sell somebody to the fans, I think Rabel's a good choice. But if, he wa- if he's going to come in here and – want that full control uh thing i'm not that might be one area where he and robert clash because robert it really likes collaboration uh and said as much uh today is that while somebody will have a final say it's still like a collaborative effort you know, I think Vrabel, Vrabel is, is a popular choice from the sense I get on social media is that Patriots fans want Mike Vrabel. And I'll be honest, I, I don't hate the idea of another name, Brian Flores. Brian was very, very well respected inside Gillette Stadium. Players really liked working for him. And in Miami, after going 5-11, and 11, he went 10-6 and six and 9-8. and eight. He was a good head coach, deserves to be a head coach again. But I think the, the likely, maybe the most obvious choice is Gerard Mayo. I mean, I go back to the statement released last year, guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... The Patriots announced they were in talks with Gerard Mayo on a contract, like in talks. That is that never happens. I think that led us all to believe Gerard Mayo was the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. Now, it felt like they wanted Mayo to take over in 2025. The timeline has been sped up. But I I wonder if Kraft's, Kraft's decision has changed. And like my gut feeling is it hasn't. If he thought Gerard Mayo was a future head coach last offseason, maybe he still thinks he is. I totally agree with that, where I I still think it's going to be Mayo. And I think that comes back to another thing that Kraft said earlier today. Like one of his favorite saying is, you know, you measure nine times and you cut once. I think he's been setting this up for quite some time. And even if it is sped up, I think that he really likes Mayo in that role and he'll be the next guy. And he's not someone that's going to demand personnel control. You know, he's a first time coach. So I, I still would guess Mayo. Karen, is there a favorite that you have? Well, yeah, it, it would be Mayo, <laughs> actually. Uh, I know, uh, you know, it's tempting with Mike Vrabel being available to to 
say, wow, uh, you know, that, you know, he automatically jumps to the head of the class, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's been Mayo all along and I, and I think it's still going to be Mayo. And I'll say this from what I know, uh, for those who don't read Mass Live, shame on you, you should, but go Google Gerard Mayo plus Mass Live and my story should come up. I talked to 14 mm -hmm. defensive players on the record. They told me why Gerard Mayo is a good coach, why they think he'll be a great head coach and why they love playing for him. And the sense I got is that players would welcome Gerard Mayo as the next head coach. I was talking to one player this morning who told me Gerard Mayo deserved to be the Patriots' next head coach. Last week, I talked to a, a starting offensive player on the Patriots who told me he likes Gerard Mayo and thinks he'd be a good head coach. So this is a move that would players, one, would be in favor of, but it would actually give them a completely different style of coach, right? You go from the hard-nosed Bill Belichick, he's going to point out what you did wrong, but he, he has the cachet to do that to Gerard Mayo, who is a player's coach, and is positive and creates personal relationships with players. Yeah, so I think ultimately, like, I think we agree that Mayo makes the most sense. You know, social media seems to think it's Mike Vrabel, but if social media got to pick coaches, Jason Veritek would have been the Red Sox manager like 15 different times. Um, so fortunately for everyone, that's not how that works. Um one thing that oh, yeah, I'm just going to jump into, and 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 I think another factor in there, and you know, Mike Vrabel has it too, but Gerard has a a real relatability to today's athlete. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing, and I think that's something that kind of was lost with with Bill Belichick over time. He couldn't relate to these athletes of today, and um the gap is much closer with Gerard who was who only eight years removed from playing. So I think that's another thing in his favor. One thing that was floated for a while, but didn't happen was a trade with Bill Belichick, which I wasn't terribly surprised to see just because it's really complicated if you dive into it. But Robert Kraft gave an explanation for that. Mark, you wrote a post on that. Like what was your, what was your takeaway from him not trading Bill? So essentially Robert said he did not trade Bill Belichick for the same reason he didn't trade Tom Brady. You know, quote, I didn't think it was right. I didn't think it was right for Tom Brady, who gave us 20 years, and I don't think it's right for Bill. Each of them deserve the right to be in the position where they should do what's right for them, given what they have done for this franchise. I think that's what makes Robert Kraft a good owner. He's He gets to a personal level with people, and I believe that right there, that he didn't trade Robert Kraft, I mean, didn't, or Robert Kraft didn't trade Bill Belichick, makes him valuable in the eyes of other head coaching candidates. I mean, if it was me, yeah, I would have franchised Tom Brady and traded him. I would have traded Bill Belichick to get assets because I think the Patriots need more assets. But Robert Kraft handles it on a humanistic level that I think it shows why he's a good owner. Hmm. I, I would have loved to have seen Robert trade Robert. That was a yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, but yeah, he is widely considered one of the best, if not best owners uh, in the league, uh, for, for many reasons. Uh, and I think Mark, you outlined that very well. Yeah. I also just think it would have been really complicated to trade him anyways. Like it's very nice to say it that way, but the Patriots had no leverage in trading him. It's not like the, uh, early Belichick situation with the jets where he's under contract for so long. And they're like, all right, just do nothing for four years and don't coach anywhere. And the Patriots just sit there like the Patriots wanted him. He was under that contract. I don't think it's that simple this time around. Right. And who's going to give up assets when they know that they're parting ways? It, it just, right. uh, again, and if, especially if Bill's going to another team, 
he would say, put on the brakes and say, I'll shoot you if you give up a first, you know, right. whatever draft pick <laughs> for me. You know, we don't want to hurt ourselves. Here's here's a question I have for both of you. How difficult of a job is this? And do you think it's a job that other other people will want? A job, you know, when I'm talking about replacing Bill Belichick. Well, look, it's funny. I just it's wrote a little bit about this. Uh, it, it it was been daunting enough trying to replace Tom Brady. It's the same equation. Uh, you know, following a six time Super Bowl winning head coach, you know, especially someone with his legacy and and uh his defensive genius um it it's i wouldn't <laughs> it's going to be tough following in his footsteps no matter who it is um but i i think you know the one thing that would be going for that person is uh you know the fact that the team has fallen on hard times right. they have drifted toward the bottom of the league and favorably you know, they have a, a number three pick in the draft. They have money to spend. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's some positives to go along. The biggest problem they're going to have is there ain't much talent <laughs> on right. the roster. Um, Which is a major problem. But I, I think the biggest difference between replacing Brady and replacing Belichick is the 2023 season. And I think that's going to help whoever the next mm -hmm. one is. Because, you know, when Brady left, they were still a playoff team. Granted, they got bounced in the wild card round. But, right. I mean, this team is bottom out. They're 4-13. and 13. They're literally the worst team in the AFC this year. So you would think there's nowhere to go but up. Well, and and think about, like, the assets. The new head coach, GM, comes into a situation where you have over $100 million in cap space. I think the second or third most cap space in the NFL. You have the number three pick in the NFL draft. There is room to make some improvements. But I think this is a project, guys. I don't think the Patriots are back in the playoffs next year. I think they're rebuilding, and they're clearly starting over. But there's some money, and there's some draft assets to do it. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to this emergency pod. This is sure to be the wildest offseason in recent memory. So keep following along and we'll catch further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough. Brought to you by Mass Live.